Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Writer's Haven. I am Musu of Musu Writes, and today's guest is Mr. Douglas Burton, and he's given us a really good history lesson by discussing his book, Far Away Bird. Now, um, I, it was very interesting talking with Douglas because I learned a lot, for one, um, and then just to get his take on, you know, uh, women in history who really are not known or haven't been talked about at all. So we go back, you know, thousands of years um, to talk about Empress Theodora. And this was my first time hearing about her. So he had a lot of interesting things to say, what she contributed and how it is so strongly connected to today's, you know, movements as far as women's rights are concerned. So take a listen. And as always, uh, please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes and Podbean. And I will talk to you guys later. Thanks right now. But I do want to thank you for taking time out to, you know, talk about your work. Um, Jocelyn said some really nice things about you. So I'm excited. I I wish I had the time to send you some questions ahead of time because sometimes you know, if it's requested, I will do that. But I think, um, you know, if, if you're okay with it, we can just kind of like go with the flow. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, congratulations on your award-winning book, um, Far Away Bird. Um, to be honest, I think this is for me, this is intriguing because I don't see a lot of, um, you know, people covering this type of material. Um, so can you just give us like a, a little, a uh, summary of your, your, the faraway bird and um, the work that you're, you're working on, the message that you're creating? Sure. Um, the message came through the process of writing it. Um, I, I would say writing the book was a very transformative uh, experience for me. I think I set mm-hmm. out to write one book and it turned into something completely different. And along the way, um, I, I I just experienced a lot of eye-opening uh, discoveries about Theodora, about women in general, mm-hmm. um, and, and through asking certain questions, uh, I've had incredible conversations, uh, mainly with women, about um, a wide range of topics that I guess I was somewhat ignorant to and didn't know much about and yeah. uh, kind of followed my, you know, I, I guess I started with thinking of Theodora as just quote my lead character and I was just going to <laughs> research my lead character, but it, it really turned into a complete uh, journey of discovery uh, mm-hmm. on my end. And it's still persisting um, in, 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 in a lot of ways yeah. um, as I've gone forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely um, not talked about when it comes to these types of characters in history, because when I was reading up on your material, I saw the Byzantine. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, yep, you got it. So the last time I remember seeing that term, I think I was in high school, like for history class or something. (laughs) You know, they had that one chapter that talked very briefly about it, you know, and obviously it wasn't enough. But um, so that's why I'm, I'm really appreciating the fact that you're digging in on um, this, you know, this type of material um, and, you know, in, in alignment with Women's History Month and where we are today as a society, uh, what do you think this book will contribute to as far as, you know, today's atmosphere goes? Well, personally, I hope it contributes a lot. And I, I know I say that with a complete bias as, as the author, mm-hmm. but uh, like you said, in, in school, Byz- the Byzantine Empire was really like more of a footnote, you know, maybe yeah. one day or one 
one discussion. And my conclusion is that it's really because when we think about the Roman Empire, for example, we think about the European side of it. So I think we, we've had kind of a, uh, a Eurocentric view of the Roman Empire, but, but really the Eastern portion, which is most of the modern Middle East, North Africa, the Balkans and uh, what we would call Eastern Europe today, it has a huge history. And when I started reading it and I discovered this Roman empire completely divorced of Europe, Mm -hmm. Christian and not pagan and lasted for, you know, 1300 years. I was like, how how did I not know about this? And I really became just fascinated by the Byzantine empire. And then when you read about some of the historical figures there, for example, like Empress Theodora, um, again, I over and over again, I was like, how do we not know about these people? So mm-hmm. part of what I hope is that this book introduces not just another great woman of history, but like a standard bearer, someone who like should be mm-hmm. a household name. She was involved in influencing um, a, a complete overhaul of the Roman legal system mm-hmm. uh, during her reign with Justinian the Corpus Juris Civilis came out. And this was a complete overhaul uh, hmm. of, of laws. And, and this body of laws is credited as being part of the source documents for the Western legal tradition, which is saying a lot. And where Theodora ties in, uh, she managed to influence a ton of laws in this body that pertain to what we would know today as women's rights. So, mm-hmm. and this was 1500 years ago. Hmm. And some of them were, were very strong, uh, advo- you know, strong laws advocating for greater equality for women at that time. Mm-hmm. And in today's, in today's society, where we're seeing so much progress, and yet it always feels like there's, we're always a little bit behind. Yeah. I was amazed to see that this fight was actually going on a lot, a lot longer ago, like further yes. back in history than mm-hmm. I expected to find mm-hmm. it. So she's amazing. And I feel like if, if we are emphasizing this fight, if we're looking at this fight and seeing how it plays out and, and you know, where the battlefields are, well, here's a great source of hmm. uh, a woman who's setting some precedents in that she's addressing these issues in the legal system, mm-hmm. the entire empire, uh, long before this was uh, yeah. a movement. And a she, movement. I mean, she had almost no support except uh, maybe a handful of people who were her friends. I almost want to say that with you telling me about Theodora, so far she seems like a person, a woman who would be f- a lot more interesting to talk to than some of the, you know, uh, spokespeople or feminists you see today. Not trying to be <laughs> problematic, but it just seems like with what you're describing, she just seems that she had a lot more substance, maybe because of the time frame, you know, versus today, there's a lot more sensationalism attached to a lot of things, but she just seems like a a very interesting person to sit down and talk to. Well, an interesting, I agree. I think she's absolutely interesting, highly intelligent. And what I think makes her kind of special to me, we, I think a lot of us understand that a lot of time, you know, a lot of history is very, male oriented in its perspective yeah. you know and so and i think we accept that that was uh that that has persisted uh, mm-hmm. a lot through history and in some cases it's been decisively one-sided mm-hmm. uh so in, in her time when the christian empire was kind of in its early uh phases it was only 500 years old at that point um 
you know, she her former profession, she was a prostitute. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was a huge social stigma against mm -hmm. her. So when she made these law changes, when these change, when she influenced these changes, the secular world was highly class-based. So her being a woman was not considered like, oh yeah, pull up a chair. Well, you know, right. welcome aboard. She was not, it was completely male dominated. So the secular world didn't have a seat for her. Mm -hmm. And then the religious side of the world, the religious side of the society would view her through a huge social stigma. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she was able to pull these laws off without either religious backing or secular backing, uh, it, is, hmm. it seems completely unlikely, and yet she did it. So I, I'm just, you have to admire someone who pulled yeah. this off. Yeah. And can you um, disclose uh, one or two things that she did specifically that changed the land and possibly had an effect um, through, you know, today's society? Well, she she made rape pub, uh, punishable by death. Wow. Uh, and she even the, the law even goes on to say that anyone who was present for the rape could lose their property and have it transferred to the rape victim. I mean, that sounds Wow, that's huge. Yeah, that's huge and decisive and it doesn't it it seems like a very no-nonsense law. Yeah. Um so that that's a big one. That is uh, big. two she uh, overhauled a lot of the marriage laws. Uh, there was something, there's something called the law of mutual consent. And this is, this is even in practice in some places in the world today. But the law of mutual consent says you cannot have a divorce unless both the husband and the wife agree. Mm -hmm. um, so you would think that this sounds like equal grounds, but whereas a man could have a full life outside the house, mm -hmm. uh, this was not so easy for a woman, uh, especially back in those days. So the, the law decisively favored males. Hmm. Uh, so without his consent, she could not get a divorce. Mm -hmm. Theodora struck that law down, uh, had that removed, and even went so far as to allow women to change their, mi change their minds in um, uh, a marriage proposal. Mm -hmm. uh, that She had to give her consent twice before agreeing to this lifelong commitment, which I thought was pretty profound. And another law that she changed that I think is way, way ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. She went so far as to protect uh, criminal women. So women who were arrested and in jails uh, had no protection whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And some terrible things happened to uh, these women in, the, in jails where nobody was looking or doing it. She made it illegal for women criminals to be guarded by male wards. Uh, so she hmm. she created a, a system where if there was a criminal woman, she had to be uh, guarded essentially by other women uh, in order okay. to protect them. And I, I just thought that was amazing because even, that, yeah. even protection for male criminals wasn't mm. uh, fashionable way back then. So yeah. she, she it just sounds like she was active on all fronts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it looks like, you know, of course, she was way before her time <laughs> yes. um, with the things that she was doing now. You know, forgive me if I sound <laughs> kind of silly or ignorant, but do you think um, she was she contributed more and was more prof profound than Cleopatra? Because we hear about Cleopatra all the time. Well, did she bring think, more the, to the table than Cleopatra? Well, I'm probably biased. I would uh -huh. say yes. I think Cleopatra is pretty awesome. I don't know as much about her, but she wielded power very strongly, mm -hmm. and I, you know, a lot of. A lot of women in history that we admire are, are strong women in positions of power, 
which is awesome. And yes. I think Cleopatra did do a lot. And I think she is awesome. Mm-hmm. But I liked about the one thing that I kind of liked about Theodora uh, that was different than Cleopatra and even like Queen Elizabeth or some of the other um, yeah. um, women in history uh, in those power positions is that she didn't come to power in the absence of a male ruler. Mm-hmm. Um, she came to power alongside Justinian the Great. And he's considered one of the greatest of all Byzantine empires. He was not a weak male ruler. Uh, she mm-hmm. ruled right alongside him. And they had kind of a bizarre and unprecedented egalitarianism in their mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. So I kind of admire the fact that these two tr- tried to set an example of how male and female rulers could rule together without mm-hmm. any one having the upper hand. Like It wasn't like Justinian allowed her to do this or just... She just did it, and mm. he agreed. They actively debated things in the throne room, and she took the opposite position, disagreed mm-hmm. with them often, and apparently he didn't take it personal. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I like, uh, I just like the fact that this relationship stands out as something where you have this really strong woman alongside a strong man, and they, they, they ruled in a way, in a golden age. They, yeah. The, the time that they ruled is considered a golden age for that. Okay. Culture. Now, as far as um, historical figures that we're aware aware of in our lifetime or, um, you know, in this modern day century, is there anyone that she reminds you of? Theodora. That she rem- That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, it's so weird. That's- I wrote about her so extensively. She kind of exists as like a complete individual. So it's, yes. It's- it's a very I, unique person. It's surprisingly hard for me to think. I did hear someone compare her to like an Ava Perone. Um, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, I believe Argentina. Um, but I don't know. That's, that's a tough question. Yeah. She, she's an autocrat. So that's not really in fashion today. Most of the right. uh, women today are, are democratically elected and yeah. are part of a, democ- of a democracy. She uh, was... She was kind of anti-democratic in her style because mm-hmm. there was some democratic functions at the time, which she was against. But um, she was very autocratic, very decisive. Um, she did come from, a, 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 like I said, a checkered background from the lower classes yeah. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, wielded power as if she was born to, to do it. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I don't makes, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, because with I'm, I'm learning as you speak about her. I mean, her authenticity. It, I, I myself, I'm asking you this question, but I myself, I don't think, I, I can't think of anyone that comes to mind as far as you know who she would remind me of, um, uh, because it just seems that what she did was so unique. So, um, I'll just go ahead and huh. um, ask you this: if she had the opportunity to sit at a table with a modern day feminist. What do you think that common, that conversation would be like? Wow. Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> I think, I think she would be very happy to see all the progress that has been made. Mm-hmm. And I think that she would also, um, my guess is that she would be advocating strongly for personal empowerment, meaning you know, the, the, the side of feminism that's personal. Because uh, mm-hmm. she seemed to be, she, she seemed to have a personal, st- a personal empowerment 
style about her, mm-hmm. meaning that she went about all this when there was no, when there were no laws right. uh, to protect her. So I think that she would uh, be strongly encouraging the the personal empowerment side, and then obviously never surrendering on the um, political power mm-hmm. on, on the pushes on for political power. Uh, where equality is at stake. I think mm-hmm. she'd be very strong on that and mm-hmm. basically, you know, don't don't stop, you know, continue to push and continue yeah. to fight for it. And uh, and I guess I would I would imagine that she would still advocate for strong partnership with, you know, male counterparts. She seemed yeah. to have that that third rail there as well that she wanted not only greater rights rights for women, but she also wanted to be tr- a true equal of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that men have their thing and women have their thing and we work together and we can do this kind of, yeah. kind of style. Yeah. I think she, she definitely demonstrated the power of, of partnership. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as far as knowing, you know, what to say and maybe how to say it uh, as far as, you know, dealing with the, the power and patriarchy, especially back then. So huh. Yeah. So yeah. what are some of the reactions that um, you're getting as people from people who've read the book? It's been very positive. So as a writer, you you always um, you, you try not to worry about what anyone thinks. But I, I, I don't know if if that's even possible. Mm-hmm. You really want people to, to like your writing. You can't help it. You want oh, yeah. you want that positive reaction. And I have been lucky enough to get that positive reaction. I've had. Um, some women reach out to me privately mm-hmm. to tell me that the book has affected them in a way that's caused them to change uh, a certain, you know, certain behaviors or that they have done something differently um, from some of the lessons that Theodora undergoes in, in mm-hmm. the book. Um, you know, what, you know, I've had one of the, one of the biggest things that I've experienced is when I started to tell, when the book started to take the course that it did during the writing of it, I began to have many discussions uh, with with women, and I was I was I was stunned to find mm-hmm. out how many women out there today are dealing with some of the same problems that Theodora dealt with. I believe uh, it. Yeah, I I honestly could not I could not believe it. I did not expect that. I've had longtime friends mm-hmm. uh, and people I've worked with for years uh, share things with me, trusting me uh, to to tell me these things. So it just made me, it made me think that the issues Theodora dealt with back then mm-hmm. uh, have not been resolved, uh, even today in the 21st century, yeah. that in some ways, even though she comes from a time so long ago, mm-hmm. that these issues are, are very relatable in the modern day. Yeah. And uh, I've had, I've had women come forward and, and share, and share their stories. And I feel like that has changed me. Because mm. it's it's opened my eyes to a side of life that was completely invisible to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I am a man. I, I have a male perspective, and I, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. and, and I'm fine with. You know, I'm happy about that. But but there's there's more out there, and yeah. I think because I had such an open mind and an open heart about this, I, I really wanted to understand um, some of the struggles that that Theodora was going through. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it, it's, it's changed my perspective. It's, it's caused me to, to start discussions, to start discussions I never would have even been involved in yeah. um, in the past. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And with some of these, uh, with some of the feedback that you're getting from women, is it, are they citing issues that they're having at home or is it in the workplace or just life in general? How specific are they getting? I would say most of the discussions I've had are from home, like home uh, issues. So more like personal, um, traumas, I would say personal. Okay. Yeah. Um, that have affected them and mm-hmm. obviously there's no it's not they're, they're not easy to talk about right of course there's just no, there's just no way to put it it's, they're not easy to talk about so when any woman spoke to me about it i i, tr- I just treated it with as with the with the maximum amount of sensitivity and empathy mm-hmm. i could i i of have course. as a human being and um like i said it's it's made me realize that a lot hasn't changed on some fronts yeah, absolutely. And I think you already answered the question as to, you know, why why you chose to start researching and, and writing about her. But um, I think you already answered it. But is there anything else that you want us to know as far as, you know, why you created this book, why you're you're using this opportunity to educate about Theodora and her story? Yeah, I guess there is one other thing. The 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 fact that she has that checkered past. Mm-hmm. So she was a prostitute and a rather well-known one. She had some notoriety, like she had a reputation and people yeah. knew about her. And, uh, so she was pretty um, extroverted, even, even in that regard. Mm-hmm. And what's weird is when, when I was reading about her in history years and years ago, I, I was amazed at all her accomplishments as an empress, very admirable, very amazing. And then you find out all these other stories about her and they're not flattering Uh, They come down to us from a single male source who was the historian of the time. And my belief is that it served as defamation. I think he defamed her Mm. for 1,500 years. This has come to to haunt her because you can't read the stories told about her, these salacious Mm -hmm. stories, and not cringe a little bit and be like, oh, God. So- Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So you, it it takes something away from her. So I, I was always upset. I would, I would read other books and I would see that the, they either skip over that part because, mm-hmm. it's, you know, let's not talk about the salacious past. Let's focus on her accomplishments, which makes sense. Yep. But, but when you ignore that, people on their own will eventually come upon these stories. If you go to Wikipedia right now, they'll, they'll mention um, in general terms that there's some stories about. Her. So people end up finding them out anyway. And I think mm-hmm. at that moment, it still serves to undercut her. So what I yeah. always wanted to do is have a book that reconciled her past to her accomplishments as an empress. And my point was, one of the main points was, her experiences in a system that was institutionalized and marginalized women Mm -hmm. played an integral role into the kind of laws she helped to influence by the time she was an empress. So I'm trying to show that instead of being embarrassed and shying away from her past, let's take a look at it. And, and go there That's because right. what happened to her there is, is exactly why she knew the exact laws to write by the time she was an empress. And she dared to, to, to voice those, mm-hmm. those concerns. So reconciling her past to her accomplishments was one of the, one of the goals that I had awesome. in, in the book. Yeah, because, I mean, like you said, we can't just take one piece of it and make a conclusion from there. You have to tell the whole story. So I'm glad you, you, you made that decision to do that, to find her, oh, what well, her find you. out all of her story and to share it with everyone. I think that's very powerful. 
Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. And so I went ahead <laughs> and saw <laughs> and took the heroic personality quiz. Oh, awesome. Which one did yeah, you get? Being super nosy. Okay. So let me get No, it. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they said that I am the INFP, the driven quest seeker. Ooh, yes. So I see some of these women I don't recognize. I recognize Belle from Beauty and the Beast. And then... Um, the actress from Kill Bill. I can't remember her name. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, Beatrix Kiddo, the bride. Yes. So I'm like, wow. I was surprised to see her. I'm like, wow. They put me in the same class as her. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought, I thought that was very interesting. I, I'm an INFP. Purpose, passion, identity, all that good stuff. So, Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. There's a spiritual dimension to that uh, personality. So that's Oh, okay. Someone who's seeking answers. That that's a good one. Yeah, I'm always asking questions. So yeah. yeah, I mean, look at here we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. I think um, you know, this is like great information. I think it's very timely. And I um I just hope, well, actually, before we get to that, um, what other things do you have going on? Are there more projects going on with this particular book? Or are you branching off into other things? What's the what's the latest as far as uh, Theodora's story? So there, there's two things that I'm working on now. One is definitely the sequel for Theodora. The the mm-hmm. first book was about her early life and what how how she made her growth arc and her how she turned in from someone a young girl from the the lower classes to the stuff of empresses. That mm. transformation was very important. Um, uh, important story so the, the the we get to the point where she's about to become an empress so book two will focus on her being an empress and i'm going to spend a lot of time i've already started mm-hmm. uh i have the whole treaty or treatise um treatment set up and i've even written some chapters so part two is on the way and i'm going to explore seriously um how she operated mm-hmm. in a hostile i would imagine a hostile all male environment yeah um without any crutch i mean nothing just her <laughs> just her. um mm-hmm. and how she how she handled that so i'm going to explore I'm, i really want to explore that uh, with the idea will be lessons learned uh mm-hmm. for me and hopefully for her and the and readers um for for that level of personal empowerment um so that that's one major goal for for book two okay. uh the other thing i'm working on uh through my through my studies of the first book and learning about Theodora, I, I, I'll say, I am a major fan of story structure and the mm-hmm. hero's journey. I have studied it my whole life for decades and character arcs and, and archetypes. I've spent my whole life studying these. The weird thing is when I started to apply some of these to Theodora, they didn't always work. Mm. And I began to suspect, and my conclusion at this point is that the hero's journey and a lot of even story structure and story arcs are male oriented. I did not expect to come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's many universals, so don't get me wrong. There's there's more universality in in a hero mm-hmm. uh, or heroine than uh, differences, but there are certain things that just didn't apply to Theodora. So I've started to study heroic women in fiction, and I've come up with something. And this is the other book I'm working on. It's a nonfiction book. And I'm studying heroine-centric story structure. And I've come up with a little bit, uh, I would say some major differences between what I would call a heroine's journey versus Mm -hmm. a hero's journey. Some of the strategies employed, the nature of the villains they face, 
the, where the battles take place, you know, the nature of the battleground that is fought on. And I have noticed some surprising differences. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're, they're distinct enough to articulate separately and focus on a heroine-centric story. And I'm actually really excited about it. Oh, wow, I'm putting together sounds... some videos. Uh, there's some stuff on my website. Uh, if you click on the Heroines Labyrinth, you can kind of see what I, where I'm going with it. Mm -hmm. um, but, and I have tons of examples. Uh, I'm putting together some things with examples from film because it's a visual medium and most people have seen these films and they'll recognize the themes I'm talking about mm -hmm. uh, when I kind of group them together like that. So I'm, I'm hoping... I'm hoping to, to introduce this, and I hope that it's, it's uh, received very well, and I hope that, uh, that the heroines get some more uh, attention. For example, if you, mm -hmm. if you Google the hero's journey, you'll get mm -hmm. 15, so I've done this a couple times, you'll mm -hmm. either get 15 million or up to like 25 million hits. And it's mm -hmm. a single coherent idea that a lot of people have talked about for decades. When you mm -hmm. Google the heroine's journey, you will get a scant 400 to 500,000 hits and it is not a coherent theory. Uh, you get a lot of stuff and most of it re revolves around a book of that title written about wow. 30 years ago. So I guess I just, I feel that there's a lot going on with, with our heroines that isn't yeah. getting enough attention and I want, I want to focus in on that. Well, yeah, just to confirm what you're saying, as you were speaking, I went ahead and did my own quick search and oh. sure enough, Hero's Journey, you have 16 million results versus heroines it's barely uh 600,000 so right right yeah so to me that that's a gap uh that should be closed mm -hmm. uh, and i think i i what what i think's been going on is people have been taking the hero's journey and then just adding women yeah but if i'm right if it is a male oriented perspective in terms of story structure then then that's not going to really address the issue i'm talking about a standalone separate mm -hmm. female oriented approach to story structure mm -hmm. that resonates to the experiences that these heroines have that differ um, from a more male oriented story arc. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that, I mean, to say the least, that, that is just a, a wonderful notion, initiative, all of that to put together. And I'm really interested in seeing, you know, how your your journey will go and as different people relate to it um you know i think it, this will generate a lot of good conversations because you know people have different perspectives of of feminism some good some bad but um i think a story like this will help define the term better for everybody um, well i hope so i, I you know uh, people people respond to stories they respond to yeah, the yeah they do they see uh, a great heroine on the big screen or in a book and it matters and it sticks with them. And mm -hmm. I just, I, I want to take more time and focus on that because I realize I grew up with Luke Skywalker and Frodo <laughs> and Neo. I, I have a ton yeah. uh, to lean on. And I just took for granted how, how much those um, heroes and archetypes were there for me. I was kind of always attached to their stories at any mm -hmm. time. I could kind of summon up lessons learned from their, their stories uh, and, you know, in history or in story. And I, I just feel like there's enough, there, there, there's, this is out there for women. I would just like to package it differently. Yeah. A little distinction. Yeah, I, it definitely needs uh, reintroduction. I, I think it does. Yes. Um, so where can folks go to connect with you and to get their copy of 
you know, Theodora's story and all that good stuff. Yeah. If, if you'd like to see what I'm talking about with the Heroines Labyrinth, you can go to my website, douglasaburton.com. And that's B-U-R-T-O-N. Um, I, I talk about my book there, my discussion of heroines and heroic women in fiction. Um, and if you're interested in buying the book, Far Away Bird, you can buy it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or really anywhere books are sold. Mm-hmm. Um, and in any day now, uh, probably by the end of March, uh, early April, the audiobook will become available. Oh, nice. Uh, audible.com and iTunes. Um, I, had, I worked with uh, one of my best friends, and she composed original music for the audiobook. Wow. It came out amazing. She, the, the goal was to kind of, you know, there's like Gregorian chant from back in the day. It's all <laughs> male voices. So mm-hmm. she tried to come up with a, a choral sound hmm. with female voices voices and i thought she did an amazing job wow. <laughs> so that, okay. anyway the, the audiobook came out really nice like i loved it when i heard it and it was narrated by mary sarah and mm-hmm. she did a phenomenal job so so there's a couple so you can get an ebook you can get an audiobook and you can buy the paperback nice very nice okay and we will include this information in the show notes so um thank you again i, I really appreciated uh this conversation i i appreciate the history lesson <laughs> more than anything <laughs> Well, I, I, I wish it was taught more. I, I, like I said, I, I wish this was household information. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it will be soon. Yeah, I think it will be. I think it will. And that one measly chapter about the Byzantine Empire in the <laughs> history books is going to get a little, it's going to get longer than just one chapter. So. That would be great. There's a yeah. lot, there's a lot to learn from <laughs> yeah. the Byzantine Empire. Yeah. So yeah, I do want to thank you again, Douglas. And as always, um, we would all love to have you back um, as your work and your book progresses. This is, it's been very great conversating with you. Well, thank you very much. I, I enjoyed the conversation as well. Okay. Thank you so much. And um, what I will do,